Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fluid Fan Podcast. I am your host, Angela Ruggiero. Some of you know me as a four-time Olympic medalist. I got a gold, a couple silver, and a bronze. I played hockey in my prior life. But now I'm the CEO and co-founder of this company, Sports Innovation Lab. We're so happy. I'm so happy you're going to spend a few minutes listening to some of our content with a very, very special guest today. As a refresher on the Fluid Fan Podcast, it's our job to really talk about current technologies, changes in our industry and really innovation. What's what's shaping the future of sports? So for the last uh, five years here at Sports Innovation Lab, our team's been defining innovation, studying it every single day, looking to you, our listeners, our practitioners to pull up best examples and really shine a light on, uh, on what people are doing, what companies are doing. So we're, we think of ourselves as innovation experts, really, because we're studying it each and every day. But how we apply that is specifically looking at the fan, the consumer, and looking at their behaviors. We're fluid fan behavioral experts, if you have to boil it down. And that's what our data and our research really focus around. But I couldn't do it without you. Again, we look to the industry, we learn from the industry, and really try to you know use our research around the fluid fan, which are fluid fans open to change, empowered to choose, and continuously evolving. How do we apply that ever-changing fan and, and understand them so that you can build the right product experiences to deliver you know, that ultimate fan engagement, that ultimate fan experience that keeps, keeps your revenue high and keeps your fans coming back for more. So that's what we talk about, what we think about every single day. Uh, I have a guest today who is exactly one of these innovators who's been in the industry, one of the top, honestly, one of the top women that I know in, in one of the top experts I know uh, around brands. Um, she oversees one of the biggest brands in the world and has been recognized for her work. I'll just quickly say, named to the top 2021, top 100 women leaders in tech. She's been recognized as a 2020 Forbes Most Influential CMO, 2020 Business Journal, 25 Most Innovative CMOs. So incredible advocate for women, for technology. She's just knows her game as as an expert. I'm going to go on and on. So if you haven't guessed it already, with all those amazing accolades, my guest today is Lynn Bigger, the EVP and Global Chief Marketing Officer at Visa. So she, she runs Visa, just did a massive rebrand. Lynn's here today to talk about Visa's recent rebranding effort, which she led. She's going to talk about their partnerships with the IOC, with FIFA, with the NFL, and so much more. Really great analysis over top trends that are shaping the marketing landscape. Um, so I certainly learned a lot from, from Lynn. And uh, she's a rock star, as I pointed out, one of the most influential leaders in sports, Uh, So get ready for an amazing conversation with Lynn Bigger. Let's get to it. The EVP and Global Chief Marketing Officer at Visa. Let's go, Lynn Bigger, on the Fluid Fan Podcast. All right, everyone. I'm here with Lynn Bigger, the Executive Vice President and Global Chief Marketing Officer at Visa. Lynn, welcome to the Fluid Fan Podcast. Angela, great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. Like, I'm just going to start there. Like, 
you're just such a cool person. <laughs> You've done so many amazing things. I'm really excited to dive into Visa and your strategy there, but like, let me back everyone up. What we typically like to do. So 2021 top hundred women leaders in tech, 2024 was most influential CMO, 2020 business journals, 25 most innovative CMOs. Like you're doing, you're doing okay. You're amazing. I'm just so pumped for this conversation because this podcast, as you know, is around technology, it's around fan, it's around sports. We don't often have someone like you that I think could help us even at the higher level talk about a brand, building a brand, building, you know, how do you really think about how you're leveraging the the amazing assets you have in the sports community to help Visa? So before we dive in, like, give us a little bit of your background, you know, obviously tons of accolades would be our all day, but how did you get to Visa? Tell us about your role there now and, and really set the context for the conversation. Well, Angela, thank you. As you well know, from your very accomplished career, it's a team sport. I, I just happen to have a, a role that allows me to row the boat a little bit, but I'm hoping I am always in the boat going in the same direction as everyone else. <laughs> So I have been at Visa for about five and a half years. I lead all of our brand sponsorships, brand insights, marketing analytics and capabilities, all of the you know brand strategy and execution that we do, a lot of all of our B2B marketing. And then we do quite a bit of marketing also with our clients uh, across the region. So it's an action-packed, fun-filled, ever-changing, ever-dynamic role. One of the most cool things we collectively as a global team have worked on is the reinvention of the Visa brand, which we started rolling out in July, actually, particularly in the US and in partnership at the same time as the Tokyo Games. And there's a lot more where that came from. So that's what I've been doing for the last five and a half years. Before that, for a couple of years, I was at Time Inc. leading consumer marketing and revenue. And then for that, for more than two decades, which is hard to even fathom because I can't believe I'm that old. I was at American Express and I had a whole bunch of different jobs there, general management jobs, marketing roles, leading a variety of different businesses, rewards programs, whole businesses, customer acquisition efforts, et cetera. So I've been at this for a while, but love what I do. I think what I'm really passionate about is working with teams, driving outcomes, working in really dynamic, fast-moving companies in industries, which is why Visa is actually perfect for me. Yeah. Congratulations on, on your career. Obviously, I love that you're, you're a team, team sport athlete. You just give your team a shout out right away. I always appreciate those good leaders have that trait, obviously. I think I saw you just before the Tokyo Games when you're, you, you know, you're, you're about to launch this rebrand. Tell us about what that looks like. I think that's important because you know, at your core, you're a piece of technology, but how you convey that technology. And we talk a lot about the technologies driving fandom here on the Fluid Fan podcast. We talk a lot about, you know, technology is a means to a broader end. And I think your, your rebrand speaks to just that. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but, but, you know, really, really seeing, seeing yourselves more than a credit card company, which which you are. Talk us about the, again that rebrand because I think it was really an important moment and, and and something that you've you've been leading along the way. Yeah, so you know these things don't happen overnight. I think you and I might have had a cup of coffee like three or four days before we were. I got to see the logo. I was like, well, I won't say anything. So it was <laughs> it was like you know high high intensity times. So a couple of years ago, we we embarked upon a very significant insights project 
as Visa's strategy has evolved. Visa is known actually as a credit card company. And in fact, we are not a credit card company. We are a network and we are a network that powers commerce globally. So as Visa's strategy evolved, it was really important for our brand to evolve from a position of strength. We're one of the most recognized brands in the world. We're one of the most trusted brands in the world. We're one of the most powerful brands in the world. We operate in over 200 countries around the world. So it's been a really incredible effort to move from strength to strength and really reintroduce Visa as a network working for everyone. And that network powers not just consumer payments, but B2B payments, G2C payments, government to consumer payments, P2P payments, big B to little B payments, you know, big business to small business. So every kind of permutation and combination of numbers you can imagine. And it's important that our audiences understand the breadth of our network and the capabilities that we have that are really supporting commerce as commerce and particularly digital commerce grows around the world. So we started out with a tremendous number of insights across a whole variety of audiences. We moved into strategy. And then during the pandemic, we really moved from strategy to execution and executed this entire um, brand transformation, which really you all have seen just the tip of the iceberg in a completely virtual world, including going through an agency review, selecting a new agency, building a new agency model when we hadn't met the majority of the people we, in fact, the vast majority of people we work with. So it's been, it's an, been an incredible feat. I am so proud of the team and so honored to work with the amazing group of individuals that I work with to make this happen. It, it, it is the quintessential example of taking a village and, and everybody just powering through. And we have a lot more to do, but we're really, we're really proud of where we've come from. Love it. A lot more to do. You said you got a team of over, I think, 600 I read. You're transforming the brand literally today, which is amazing because it's such a well-known brand and really I think pivoting how people think of you as a, and all the amazing technology underneath. I mean, we talk a lot about cashless and I'm curious then to pivot your experience into sports because again, you have this amazing brand, these fantastic capabilities that all sports properties should be leveraging and really understanding and not just seeing you as a sponsor, but as a partner at the end of the day, as you, you know, are transforming this brand and and thinking about positioning in some ways, I'd love to talk to how you find the right partners and, you know, really to be a sponsor of, to align again with your values, to align with this positioning and, and really leverage the capabilities of Visa. So what do you look for in a partner? Get, you know, we'll talk, we'll get into the NFL and, the Olympics and your FIFA sponsorship at a high level as the CMO, like how do you really think about approaching the right property? Yeah. I mean, obviously we need to partner and affiliate ourselves with organizations, be they sponsorships or partnerships or some of our clients who really share our, our same values, our same mission, which is to enable individuals, businesses, and economies to thrive and through which we can actually demonstrate our really our, our purpose, our core belief, which is that we believe that economies that in, can include everyone everywhere, uplift everyone everywhere. And that's really kind of at the core and the foundation of our, not only our brand strategy, but our company strategy as well. So, you know, as we think about who we partnership on this on the sponsorship front, sports is such a unifying, galvanizing thing, particularly, I think, during the pandemic, you know, for many of us and, and, particularly, you know, some of the sports that we've affiliated ourselves with, 
are really a way to to bring the world together in a spirit of of uplifting individuals, be it on in the sport they participate in, or just just this, you know, the pure goodness of competition and the great work that people do and how hard they work to get there. And there's so many wonderful stories to tell. So um, at the end of the day, though, these partnerships and sponsorships have to drive value for us and for our clients. So we kind of scour the world to find the properties that we think might be the best for Visa to do that. And we measure them based on very specific marketing metrics and marketing ROI, return on investment, so that we can ensure that the value equation works for the partnership and the sponsorship for Visa and for our partners who are our clients as well. Awesome. Yeah, maybe you can we can go quickly through some of those partnerships. You and I met through the top sponsorship, the IOC. As a Visa athlete, I got to do some fun work with you and be part of the team, which was amazing. Talk us through the, the Olympic partnership. What's it like to be part of that uh, Olympic movement? That's right. So Visa, first off, Angela, I remember exactly when I met you. We were in a hotel ballroom in Pyeongchang, right? Yep. Yep. And Angela came to speak to a group of our clients, our very senior Asia Pacific clients, and had them, as you can imagine, just kind of mesmerized before they went off to enjoy some of the games. So, and, you know, we've been hanging out together ever since. So we have been a a very proud sponsor of the Olympics and Paralympics for over 30 years. We're one of the founding top goal sponsors and we're the official digital payment partner of the IOC and the IPC. And as you said, or, you know, we'll continue that partnership at least through 2032. We leverage this partnership in a really holistic kind of 360 degree way. It's not just about hospitality or taking our clients events or having enabling our clients to take their customers to events, but it's also about demonstrating our product innovation. It's about providing a whole underpinning of digital payment acceptance on the ground at each one of these, at every venue and in all of the mega stores and things like that. It's about developing programs for athletes, which we're very proud of. Angela's a four-time team, I think four-time team visa athlete. We've supported over 500 athletes over the years. In Tokyo, we had the largest, most diverse group of athletes ever over hundred athletes across, I think it was like uh, 54 sports in 28 countries or something like that. Most of them women, more than half women. And we also have a, a program at Visa where we invite Olympians to come work at Visa when they're, you know, when their days competing are over. That said, because the Olympics were postponed, in Tokyo, we actually had three employees who, who were working to qualify for the Olympics one who did, who was part of the U.S. gold medal winning wheelchair basketball team, Ryan, we're super proud of him. And another who actually ran and or competed with a medal winning triathlete from the U.S. who is a former Olympian himself. So our partnership with the Olympics really runs to the core of everything that we do. And obviously, we what most people see is kind of how we manifest ourselves during the games, through media, through digital, social, paid earned owned media. But how we partner with the IOC and the IPC is is very deep beyond that as well. Yeah, we have a lot, a lot of layer beneath that. And as a team visa athlete, it was amazing. And you sponsor so many, as you said, it's the lifeblood of a lot of athletes. So 
uh, always loved wearing the different slogans from year to year. Go world, I think, was one. I still have that that hoodie. I think we're in the 2010 Olympics. Um, but but wow. this is always a great job. You uh, might want to you might want to put that on eBay. See what happens. I know. See if I get some money for it. I don't know. I've got <laughs> everywhere, you be, everywhere you want to be is you know generally the stuff you want to have. There you go. There you go. Well, moving on from the Olympics, which obviously is such a core part of your your sponsorship portfolio, Visa is the largest sponsor of women's soccer, football internationally. You've been partnering with FIFA since 2007. And from our fan project report, which everyone knows because they've been listening, is about unlocking the business potential of women's sports. Super proud of this. In our data from the fan project, Visa had a 2,700% year-over-year increase in fans exhibiting one or more of the core behaviors directly correlating to Visa. When you guys announced equal sponsorship of the men's and women's national team here in the U.S. in 2019, massive spike in fan, basically affinity, interest. Fans are rewarding you. They're saying, wow, you're, 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 you're not just, you know, doing what you're not just sponsoring the men, you're, you're helping the, the ladies out. So really interesting data, I think for me, in terms of depth and quality of appreciation for some of your sponsorship. Um, but talk about your FIFA relationship and really what it's meant to, to, to be, uh, you know, working with FIFA as a brand. Yeah, we're, um, I'll just kind of take it back a little bit. We are, you know, super proud to be a very, very strong supporter of a lot of different women's sports. We are the only sponsor who only sponsors women's UEFA uh, Mm -hmm. in Europe. We obviously sponsor the U.S. and men's U.S. national team. Um, And then we are obviously a FIFA sponsor, which includes the Women's World Cup, which we really went big on in Paris. Why do we care about all of this? because women power the world. Uh, women operate you know, large number of small businesses. Women make the bulk of consumer facing purchase decisions and, and are a force to be reckoned with. And you know, we, we know that when we support the success of women in sport, we su- support the success of women outside of sport. So we've really you know, taken an important position in embedding ourselves in those partnerships as a means to also you know, convey the messages of the power of women in the economy, the importance of uplifting women everywhere. We know that uh, in order to achieve our mission of enabling individuals, businesses, and economies to thrive in many places around the world, it starts with a, a, a woman-owned small business in a local community. And if she succeeds, her family succeeds, her community succeeds, her region succeeds. So this is really kind of embedded in a lot of what we do. And, and we, we wrap a lot of programming and content around these. For example, um, we supported a lot of women-owned small business owners through a program called She's Next, where we give uh, women small business owners tools for success, things they couldn't get on their own, consulting on how to be smart marketers of their business, ways to be ways to digitize their business. We give them grants in certain cases. We've given grants to women small business owners to help propel them along and propel their success. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, you know, that we've we've been doing in in the context of Beijing, the Winter Olympics in Beijing coming up in February. These that along with the China Women's Development Foundation and Beijing Sport University announced a program to uh, support women-owned small businesses in China. So we don't just, you know, sponsor something, we live it. And uh, we're we're really proud of the work that we're doing. I love it, Lynn. You're like 
my favorite person. You lead this, you get, you put it all together. Cause again, we, it's, it's empowerment. It's technology. It's sort of like the brand you're like putting it all, you're wrapping it together. Again, as a reminder for our listeners, Lynn, you're leading strategies focused on, I think, women's empowerment, inclusion, enabling small businesses and micro enterprises, cash free, cashless or contactless, as they say, you know, cross border digital, digital commerce. You're, you're, you have a lot under, I think, your purview and responsibility at Visa, but it all ties together. And just what you, you just said, the, it's not just slapping a logo on a wall or, or, uh, or saying it, it's, it's actually living it. It's actually doing it. And, right. and tell me a little bit more, cause again, you know, the fan project, we've been spending a lot of time about, um, and you're a member of our women's leadership board as you know, one of these amazing women's leaders in, in the ecosystem. How has the marketing industry changed? How has it begun to really pay more attention to women's sports or, or, or equally investing in like different women's brands? Um, just, I'd love your kind of high level perspective on how the industry uh, has shifted. Uh, yeah, well, first off, I'm just super honored to be part of your fabulous group of women. It, we had the opportunity to actually get together, actually physically get together recently, which were both uh, for a business meeting and then for a little social time afterwards. I think it was actually the first time I've been in a conference room with more than three people in 18 months. So I, I got, I, I went home. I'm like, you're never going to guess what I did. It was just exhilarating. I, you know, I think that 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 you know marketing has evolved so much over the last 18 months. I mean, we've all had to learn to be pivot on a dime, really focus, you know, much more in the short term. So just as an example, when uh, back in March of 20, when the, when the Tokyo Olympics were postponed, you know, we'd been working on them for two years. We had some incredible plans, not only for the games themselves, but surrounding the games the Japanese government in large part hosted the games as a way to reintroduce themselves on the global stage and also promote a cashless Japan initiative, both of which were things that we at Visa could help them with tremendously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, we kind of had to just stop and say, okay, <laughs> that just happened. You know, the Olympics were postponed. You know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. What can we do to help the environment in, that we're in. And what we did was we, we asked our team visa athletes to contribute, you know, short kind of home film videos that said, wash your hands, stay home, mm -hmm. be safe. And just pivoted to like the real, like right in front of you here. And now we, we in Latin America, where e-commerce was not something that is as common as it is for us today to just click a button and, you know, get your groceries from any number of different e-commerce sites we turned to educating local communities about it's it's safe and trustworthy to purchase online just so people could get the things they needed to you know to be safe and and secure and comfortable at home so i think you know marketing in general has really evolved and mm -hmm. had to evolve over the last 18 months and then i think you know part of that is just speaking you know really knowing how to speak to the audiences that matter and the back to your original question the female audience is one that really, you know, mattered before COVID and certainly matters a lot during and, and after the pandemic and really, you know, honing our messages to be targeted and smart and effective has been a big focus for us over the last 18 months. And it's not only women, it's diverse audiences. For those people who've seen our launch efforts called Meet Visa Network Working for Everyone, you'll see 
how much we're really elevating all sorts of diverse populations that, you know, that are really just the fabric of our lives globally today. Mm -hmm. You touched on some of the advice you're, you were lending to Tokyo in, in Touchless. I know you're a massive sponsor of the NFL. American football for all their international uh, listeners out there. <laughs> uh, massive <laughs> partnership, right? And and we've had Andrew Cohen on the past talking about, uh, you know, some of the, the visas cash-free and touchless payment services that, that you've activated at the Super Bowl. And if you haven't read, again, if you're in this space listening and you are responsible for venues or really want to dive deep, Visa has a fantastic guide to touchless payments, a key to return of live events that, that you wrote during the pandemic that's really meant to, I think, pivotally evolve what we already saw pre-pandemic of, of, of touchless and contactless and really, I mean, just exacerbated overnight because of the pandemic. And it's where we're, it's how we're going to operate after this is all over. It's it's People are right. getting their cash. They're doing things differently. Wondering if you can, one, just first touch on your partnership with the NFL, such it's such a big partnership and they're such a massive sports brand, obviously. And then touch on again, you know, as that official payment services tech partner, what you're doing, how you're activating, how you're really thinking about, not just again, I always say, don't just slap a logo on a wall, but lean into your partners like a visa that is a technology company at your core to really help you drive value across your ecosystem to your fans, et cetera. So tell us about the NFL and really, if you want to touch on, on, on cashless contactless and, and what you guys are doing there. Sure. We are, you know, equally as proud to partner with the NFL as we are with our other major sports properties, FIFA and IOC and IPC. It's a fantastic partnership, not just with the NFL, but with a dozen or so specific teams. And, you know, through both of those partnerships, we've worked very closely with teams and venues to become touchless or cashless. It was it was a trend that was starting pre-pandemic, but boy, has it really accelerated during pandemic. You know, it's it's a, a, a way to, to feel safe and secure when you're at a venue. The whole notion of tapping to pay, so touchless payments, is something that is very common outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. and is has been very slow to be adopted inside the U.S. until COVID. And we've accelerated in the U.S., you know, pretty dramatically. And I think, you know, the idea of creating a a safe venue where fans feel like they can go and and feel safe, including not just, you know, tapping to pay, but ordering from their seat or, you know, other ways to kind of simplify and streamline the experience is something that we feel passionately will. And I know you do. And as you speak about the fluid fan, is going to be, you know, really important components of the fan experience going going forward. And we're proud and honored and more than happy to, to help. And we have, you know, teams and venues reaching out to us every day now to say, you know, how can we get there? How can we get there faster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to see the shifting of mindsets again and, and, and 5G and some of these enabling technologies that are laying the groundwork for new experiences. And again, we come out I loved being at the U.S. Open with you, Lynn. I was like, I was just on fire again. I'm like, this is fantastic. Be back in sports and be around people. And hey, good company too. You're pretty, <laughs> the group of, of women's leadership board members are obviously a lot of fun. And But again, back to your, this contactless and it's just the new way of the world. Um, so anyway, thank you for what you're doing. Keep pushing hard there. Before we wrap with four with four, where we talk about innovation, any closing thoughts on just 
your job again, you have such a, a, I think, important role, not just within, you know, Visa's world, but the impact that you have then in the sports world. Any closing thoughts on how, again, marketing has evolved, how things have shifted, what to expect as we come out of the, out of the pandemic for specifically the sports marketing world and, and how we should be thinking about, you know, doing things differently to, to really service this, this fluid fan. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, this is is trite um, because a lot of my, you know, people like me say this a lot, but it's it's really important to meet your customer where they are or where they're going, not where they were. It's hard. You know, mm-hmm. the, things are changing so fast, you know, for us in in the payments ecosystem, 10 years of 10 years of innovation and progress has happened in 18 months. I mean, e-commerce soared uh, obviously during the pandemic globally and it's not going back as economies open as people start to go out and about again uh, e-commerce volume is not receding so this is you know these are permanent shifts contactless touchless payments have accelerated they're not going to go back so it's really you know as you would say in your sport skating where the puck is going not where the puck is or was <laughs> It takes a lot of energy and vision and fortitude, you know, to do that. It's a lot easier to do the things that you know how to do. Sometimes, you know, you don't know how to do what you're going to do. And I, I, I would say in the sports arena, those of us who are involved in it are, are beholden to the fans, at, you know, who are our customers as well to live up to the expectations that they have for all of us. And that doesn't involve just, you know, safety and security, but it involves elevating the sport, you know, to a higher level. I mean, going to the, to the U S open tennis with you and, and that group was, you know, it was just this little dose of normality that I think I, you know, we treasure being able to go back to and what's going to make us help us go back there is um, feeling the value of being there. So mm-hmm. we are, we're all in this together. I love it. I love it. Change is hard. Innovation is hard, though, as you mentioned. So Lynn Bigger, the EVP, Global Chief Marketing Officer at Visa. Thank you again. Before we go, though, I want to I want to hear a little bit more on how you do it, because you got you got a big organization, big budgets, sometimes hard, sometimes easy. Tell me about innovation. What does innovation mean to you? How do you when you hear that word, what, what, what comes to mind? Innovation, I would say to me, is really about progress that has impact, right? You can innovate and have it not have impact and you can have progress without innovation. But if you can put the two things together, it's really, really powerful. And you have to kind of end up in a better place than where you started. That's the progress part. And the impact part is making a change in people's lives that they value and that, you know, that, that matters. It either makes their life richer, easier, simpler, you know, simpler and easier, the same thing. But but that's really how I think about it. And, and we at Visa really think about innovation and we push so hard on innovation all the time. And Visa's, you know, as I said, we're an incredibly global company, big company, big brand. And one of the things I love so much about Visa is nobody, not one of the 21,000 people at Visa coast. Nobody puts their feet up on the de- proverbial desk and says, you know, we've been really successful. Let's how just- How do you get that culture? Why do you, because again, big organization, how do you get that culture where everyone is thinking about change, going to where the puck is headed, thinking differently? And then you have your day job. Like, what, tell me from a cultural perspective, like what, what, how do you translate that? <laughs> 
I think, you know, I think we're, we're all inherently people who are, who are never satisfied with the status quo. I think it's a quality that is important when you work at Visa. You know, yeah. there's, you accomplish something, it's like, great, what's the next thing we should do? We also work in such a very dynamic industry. You know, the payments and money movement space is constantly evolving. It's so different, uh, you know, market by market around the world, even in markets in the same region or even in markets that share a border. And so you you always have to be on your toes. Yeah. There's always something new happening and you just have to kind of, you know, have a ton of energy and an openness to try new things and make sure tomorrow is better than today and which was better than yesterday. I, I hear a little growth mindset going on in your company. I definitely a little growth, a lot of growth mindset. No, That's I what, I, what I love. And you know what? There's so much to do that, um, you know, if, if, if you're, a, there's no pride of ownership of Visa, there's no, uh, you know, territorialism. It's like, great. If you have an idea, and you can help me like, come on, you know, get on board, jump on the totally. bus, like, let's go. Totally. So it's a fun environment to work in. High paced, high intensity. So you can be innovative and be big. Everyone out there, listen, listen up, listen up. Yeah. In a most innovative person, is there someone that you've prior or currently, every time they talk, you listen, you're really inspired by what they, what they do and say. Okay, so this is going to probably sound like a very funny answer, but it's kind of topical given that the Emmy Awards were a couple of days ago. I'm going with Ted Lasso. There you go. <laughs> I, you know, Ted Lasso is my this year's uh, Shit's Creek. I love the idea that the creators of that show and that character are winning with heart. You know, they're focused more on heart than success, and they're innovating to try to do better there's the sense of optimism and no matter how hard it is we're going to pick up pick ourselves up and do better tomorrow and and just a tremendous amount of purpose beyond the sport mm-hmm. um which i think you know the the writers have written into that show which is i think in a way what sport really should be about if i have to pick a real person i might while this is not a sport that visa engages in, I, I might pick Adam Silver and, you know, his predecessor, David Stern, who I think have really evolved the NBA in ways that have really met the fan where the fan is going and have not been afraid to change and evolve the game and have built really great in-stadium fan experiences and other things as well. But Ted Lasso is my current. Ted Lasso is a good one. I haven't heard that one yet, but I agree. I'd love to, I mean, they've, it's a, I mean, Apple plus good, good work. That's a, and I can relate. It's funny. Some of these corny sayings, I'm like, oh my God, I've heard my coach say that before. But like, that's it. That's like the heart of sport at the end of the day. It's uh, not cliche. So I, I love your answer. And Adam Silver, David Stern. Yes, yes. They've definitely, they take risks. The, yep. the, the most amount of teams actually from one league when we did the top 25 most innovative teams in sports report came from the NBA. So they're enabling that for sure. Um, all right, most innovative company in sports tech. Is there anything more specific in the sports tech space besides Visa that you think is uh, is really helping uh, evolve and go to where the fan is, go to where the puck is? So I, my, I, my colleague, Andrew Cohen, I think was on your podcast a while back. And I think he said at uh, time, Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I, I like that answer because it's really you know, vaccinations from those two companies and the many others that have now developed vaccines are enabling us to get back to a life that, um, that where we can 
experience sport in ways that enrich us and and fulfill us and give us, you know, hope and passion and, and energy. So beyond that, I, I would say maybe Netflix, because I think they've created a platform that really enables sport to kind of be built larger than it has been and tell this really do a great job of storytelling behind and around the actual sport itself and capture maybe more of the passive fan and kind of widen the aperture and, you know, build a, a bigger funnel at the top when it comes to how fans can find sport accessible and beyond just, you know, going to an event. So I think, I think they, you know, I think about the media and the, and the content space, I think they've, they've done a great job building a, you know, building insistence that every league and every team can build off of, you know, they're helping to open the funnel and, and create a larger funnel for fans to come. Yeah, no, the drive to survive docuseries I mean alone has just completely opened up the American market by giving people context a reason to care I mean at the end of the day that's a lot of what was in our report to the fan project report is you know and like make me care that's why the Olympic movement is so great some of these sports properties that give you context and you know really just dive into the not just like the stats but the stories and the the so I love Netflix as an answer. I don't know how many minutes, if I hours I've spent on that platform. It's definitely made my life better during the pandemic. Um, well, one, one of the coolest things we did, we actually launched with Tokyo, was um, in partnership with the IOC and IPC is a, a, a an award called the Visa Award, hmm. and it was a, it's a fan voted award hmm. that is really all about sportsmanship outside of the sport. So, you know, the little oh. acts of kindness that you, that are, you know, really what the Olympics are made of a runner picking up another runner who fell down, you know, somebody who extends a hand, you know, those two, I think they were high jumpers or pole vaulters who decided to share the gold medal. You know, it's just all these enriching stories that just extend beyond the competition. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the reason I said Netflix is I think it's just an extension of that. Yeah, I love that award. I'm going to keep my ears open for good stories. I'll make sure to nominate for the, yeah. for the next round. Well, that's exciting to hear. Final question, and I'll let you go. I know you can't like pick your favorite child, kind of NFL, you've got the OC, you've got FIFA, but like, pro- what property is innovating? And what's a league team federation? Is there any, you don't have to, I'm going to let you off the hook, but if you can, on the property side, who should we be following and, and tracking from an innovation perspective? I, you know, I think uh, I'm going to give two answers. One is I think the the curiosity of the NFL is really nice to see as a as a partner of theirs. We've we've worked with them on a, on a number of things. You know, they have a lot of curiosity around NFTs and how they can you know help and support their teams in that very kind of innovative, cool, hot kind of space. But I'd also say Tottenham Hotspurs, and hmm. um, they were the because they were the world's first cash-free stadium, and they had the guts way before COVID to kind of go out on that limb. And you know, it's a kind of a technology-first experience uh-huh. when you go to that stadium for everything from ticketing to you know how you enter the stadium to everything that goes on when you're in the stadium. So it's just a technology rich kind of technology first experience, which I, I think is so cool. Uh, and, you know, Visa's is happy to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, they've, their venue is amazing. I haven't been there, but I've talked about it. I've talked to their CTO. I can't wait to get there and see it live. Yeah. Um, so 
Let's Great. go. Let's go. All right. That's our next trip. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna plan something fun. I'm already I'm, I'm already ready. we're already thinking. We're like, is it an NFL game? Rini's like, we're gonna do an NFL, you know, WrestleMania, maybe we'll see. So anyway, lots, Lynn, of, lots of good choices. We're gonna do something fun, but you keep doing what you're doing, keep pushing your team, keep innovating, keep again driving change in the sports industry. We need it. We need more of, of, of the visas of the world that are really pushing the boundaries, more of the Lynn Biggers of the world that are leading the way. Um, so thank you so much for, for lending your wisdom and advice and insights into, uh, into how uh, the marketing world is changing, how sports marketing is changing and, and, and giving some insight in your, your day-to-day life. Appreciate you being on here. It's been fun. Well, thank you. And I, I want to thank you for everything you've done for sport. You, in addition to your multiple medals you you just are a, a, a one cool chick but also i'm uh, doing amazing things you know to to really kind of lead us all in the future of sports so thank you for everything you've done it's thank it's you wonderful Lynn. it's wonderful mutual to mutual admiration let's keep doing it together <laughs> go on a fun journey together thank you so much for those kind words. appreciate it thank you All right, huge thanks to Lynn Bigger, the EVP and Global Chief Marketing Officer at Visa. Lynn, you're a rock star, as I kept saying. Thank you for joining me on the show. As you heard, Lynn's been innovating the marketing industry for such a long time, is still leading the major rebranding initiatives at one of the most notable brands in the world at Visa. And her passion for women's sports, empowerment, technology, you know, just not sitting on your your hands, not being okay with status quo, pushing forward is why she, I'm so, I feel so lucky to call her a friend and someone that is such a valuable member and contributed to our women's leadership board. It certainly shows that, you know, leading the way with Visa and their efforts across sports. So thanks Lynn for being on the show today and sharing your wisdom with us. I want to close by thanking my producer, Jack Barlow. I always thank him because he's, he's awesome and makes me sound really good. And my team, who also makes me sound really good, they are just cranking out the research and helping our clients each and every day as we grow our business, supporting the broader industry around innovation. I want to thank my listeners. You guys rock. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep innovating. Keep pushing. If you think you can, you can't, you're probably right. I keep saying that quote lately. It just keeps popping up. Change is hard, as we mentioned. Doing things differently is hard. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, it means you care. It means you actually want to affect change in your domain. You're looking for insights. You're looking for support. You're looking to other leaders like Lynn that are changing the status quo. So congratulations. I'm just giving you a special shout out, my listener, for listening this long because can change is hard. It first starts with that attitude that I want to change. I want to get better. And then how do I do it? It's listening to podcasts like the Fluid Fan Podcast. It's having a coffee with a Lynn Bigger, an executive in the space that, that's doing it. And maybe it's your peers within your organization that have great ideas or, or don't just want to sit back. They want to change. They want to change with you. It's, it's, a, it's a team effort at the end of the day to do anything big, to make any big initiative. So want to just give you all my listeners shout out making it this far congratulations thanks for tuning in and i'll see you next time on the fluid fan podcast <laughs>